And welcome back to another edition of the On The Board Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic. Happy Tempo Tuesday to all. As always, joined by my main man, my co-host, William Chirucci, a.k.a. Will C. Will, happy Tempo Tuesday, pal. Absolutely. And, you know, every day it's getting closer towards the end of the year, but three quarters of the year have been uh, over and done with in the books. Uh, it's all about how you go about your business today, tomorrow, and in the future, and it all starts right now. So, got to make the best of everything that you get. Sean, how are you? Well, I'm doing good, but Will, I have to ask you this. The consensus, the fans of the show want to know this, Will. Does every day still feel like a Sunday? Of course. <laughs> of course. Come on now. I mean, you know, you got to pull a mic done here. Thank God it's Monday most of the time, right? You know, every time that you keep on hoping for Friday, you know, you're only wasting your, your, your days away like that. You got to go one day at a time and have fun with it. That's all. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Every day feels like a Sunday. Well, me, well, me and everyone else, we yearn for the day that you say it feels like a Thursday, at least, Will. At least, at, at the very least, a Thursday, Will. <laughs> so we shall see what happens there. Yeah. Will, Will, pal, let's get right into the show. Let's talk about your J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 as we Do we have to? Yes, we do. Yes, oh we do. You are the resident Jet fan of the show, Will. Um, as we know, week one started on Sunday, the Jets... Lost to the Buffalo Bills. They went up to Orchard Park, New York, and they lost to a pretty good Buffalo Bills team. Uh, Will, I have to say, Josh and Allen, he looked pretty good. We knew that he could run. He made some plays with his arm. He did fumble the ball twice, so good to see the Jets forcing some turn uh, over there. But just a real well-put-together game by the Bills on both sides of the ball. The Jets, Will, offensively, they didn't look good. Defensively, they looked okay, but they had a lot of uh, breakdowns as well. And then, Will, to make matters worse, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell put on short-term IR. He'll be out for the next three weeks. So, Will, obviously with a, a tough loss to begin the year, but what were your thoughts and opinions for the Jets week one? Really? I mean, I mean, at the beginning of the game, right, like every year, you got to have optimism with this team, no matter what. You're, you're going to have your pessimistic fans. That's because of the fact that they've been losing, uh, haven't won a Super Bowl in the past 52 years. Uh, you know, so many moments that have gone against the Jets' way, and I understand it. You know, the, the great moments only come so, so rare uh, at this point in time. But, God, watching that game on Sunday, Sean, okay, Watching that game on Sunday was like watching every single Jet game over the past nine years. The past nine years, okay? It's That's been, a long time, Will. It's been a tr- since the last time they made it to the playoffs. It's been god-awful. God-awful, Okay. Three and out three times on their three drives. Horrendous. Okay. We know how bad this offensive line was last year. Did they show some initiative? Yes. You have to give credit to where credit is due to Buffalo's front seven. 
for putting the pressure on and going out there and blitzing. Not only that, but Sam Darnell, I'll give Sam a pass. Everybody's been ripping him somewhat. Am I going to rip on him a little bit? Of course, because there have been some questionable throws. But in realistic terms, there have been no preseason games. There have been very few wide receivers that have been healthy for this team. And for Adam Gase, for Adam freaking Gase, we had Marty Lyons on. This team didn't give up on him last year, okay? You're seeing the fan base wanting to see this guy go. You're hearing a couple of people that work within the uh, Jets broadcast team defend him, a la Marty, and his partner, Bob Wischusen, okay? I understand that totally to the fullest extent of the law possible, okay? However, when you have a guy that's making $12 million per year in Le'Veon Bell, and you don't utilize in the right way, you don't utilize the offensive attack the right way that you should, should be doing, there's been, there were plenty of key drops on the receivers as well. So, you know, everybody blaming Sam here should just hold their, hold their roll, slow their roll here, and just basically say, well, the receivers couldn't really catch anything. You know, it, it was a total team effort, and they didn't show up at all on Sunday. Now, I will say this. One guy that did show up, I was really proud of, Marcus May. Marcus May is playing for a contract extension, number one. Number two, he wants to prove that he's not the guy that the Jets took after Jamal in the 2017 NFL draft. He's going to make himself a actual threat, and he played hard on Sunday. Make no mistake about it. But also, too, when we're looking at it, right, when we're looking at it from the Jets' perspective here, okay, there was a, there was a lot of penalties. I get it. Again, no preseason games. You're going up against your own teammates. It's very, you know, the competitiveness isn't there in practice. I understand that. But in games like that, when the Jets had multiple third down opportunities to stop the Bills, you had holding calls. You had offside calls, neutral zone infractions. During the season, Maybe Adam Gase and Greg Williams' company, they clean that up. And then another thing, too, with Sam that I forgot to mention here, how the hell do you have, right after a kickoff, how do you have a delay of game? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, Can you please that explain not, that to me? That was not, that was not too, too pretty. That well, was horrible. Well, it just, it just goes to show you that. And I think, well, I'll give them a little bit of a pass. For this one thing, no pre-season uh, games, and it's hard to emulate things in practice going up against the same guys for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. However, I do agree with you with everything else because, well, at the end of the day, we saw some teams that had few to no offsides or false starts or whatever the case was. Those teams looked prepared those teams looked ready 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 to go 
And, you know, well, and I agree with you. Um, Adam Gase has put Le'Veon Bell in a position to get hurt twice now. He did it last season. <laughs> he did it this season in the first game. You cannot get your best player pound, pound for pound on this team hurt twice. On the offensive side of things, right. Especially when you are, you do not have weapons to begin with. The main weapon is now on short-term IR. Will with, I think it's a hamstring, I believe. It is. It is. Hamstrings are very tricky. They could be three weeks. They could be three months. <laughs> Hamstrings are very, very tricky. Right. Well, I do agree with your point. Marcus May did come to play. Um, I felt that he had a very, very uh, solid um, game. An, uh, another person that came to play well was Jamison uh, Crowder. He played well. He, caught he, had a couple, he had a couple of drops, though. He did. He did. He, he did. Well, which is to be expected because he's used to playing slot. Well, he's the de facto number one guy playing slots. So, I mean, the volume is going to come at him right. a lot, which you expect right. a drop or two here. But but I feel overall he played well. But, um, well, so the Bills are done. They're 0-1. That's fine. Coming in is a very, 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 very mad San Francisco team that gave up a fourth-quarter lead to the Arizona uh, Cardinals and lost that game. George uh, Kittle, he may or may not play. He uh, he hurt his knee. Will Bill's game to the side. San Francisco was up next at home. What's your take on 49ers Jets week two? Avery Williamson needs to play. He needs to play in that linebacker spot. And for the Jets defense as a whole, we know what Jimmy Garoppolo can do. He's a Tom Brady disciple. He's a guy that can be a, a great pocket passer, a guy that can hurry the offense up in ways in which many defenses don't want to go up against. And even though they might not have George Kittle, they're still relatively the same offense, just minus Emmanuel Sanders, who is now on the New Orleans Saints. So, Sean, with that said, there's a lot of – there's a lot of turmoil here for the Jets. I know everybody's going to be talking about Adam Gase and how he mismanaged Le'Veon Bell. Uh, what's going to happen here is Frank Gore going to get most of the carries with uh, this new running back that they signed that they had traded for, but wound up getting released. And uh, I forgot his – I couldn't pronounce his name. Barrage, I want to say? Kalen Barrage, yeah. Barrage, okay. Kalen Barrage. So – you're going to have that two-headed duo in there. I don't know what's going on with this uh, this rookie running back either from Florida, but it's it's not looking pretty. And with that said, you know, the receiving core, again, it's brutal at this point in time. Chris Hogan has only been here for a couple weeks. He's been thrown into the fire. Uh, Denzel Mims is still up in the air. I don't know about him, but his this, the playing – game time decision at all or anything like that uh, if he's going to play. And, you know, we mentioned Jamison Crowder as well. It's not looking pretty. It, it, it's not looking pretty. I think that the 49ers – and credit to Oak, uh, Las Vegas last week when they went into Carolina. They went in there and they took the bull by the horns, both figuratively and literally. And they wound up giving the Panthers a run for their money in which 
we both said that West Coast teams usually don't fare well. Well, here's the kicker right now with the 49ers and even with the Raiders that went into Carolina last weekend. Any West Coast team, you're in a pandemic. No clubs are open. There's no distractions to distract you. You can go out there. You know, you can't bring a girl into, uh, you know, into your hotel room at all or anything like that to distract you because that's what these oh, players God. do with all <laughs> right. their money. That's what they do. Right. They, you know, there, there's no other way around it. So, you know, these guys have to stay in. And that's why you're getting the fairly competitive close games that we got to see over, over this week that just passed. So with San Francisco coming into town, I really, really expect this game to be – I don't think it's going to be a close game, to be honest with you, after seeing what I saw. Now, again, anything can happen in, a, in football, just like in any sport, but I'm not too confident in this game at all. But we'll, we'll save that for picks. Well, my final take on the Jets – on the Jets – on the Jets. The Jets is a two-part here. Well, the first part is, well, is that I look at the Jets and I say – as much credit as Joe Douglas should get for addressing the needs of the team, you have to surround. Well, a quarterback is only as good as the weapons around him. Well, Tom Brady, we could probably count on on one hand. Well, the Hall of Fame skill guys that Tom Brady had: Randy Moss, obviously, Gronk. He didn't play long enough, so I don't know. I think he's gonna get it. Right. Um, like, but where the Patriots helped Brady was the Patriots had one of the best offensive lines every single season. And then you had a Moss and you had a Wes a Welker who became Julian Dettelman and so on and so forth. Well, the point that I'm trying to make is I think Joe Douglas got so caught up in O-line, 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 O-line that he forgot it's one thing to protect the quarterback, but Will, what good is it if you if Sam has all day and nobody is getting open? That leads me to point number two, which is, well, the Jets had draft uh, capital going into the, the draft. Well, the Jets could have went out and gotten a receiver because when we look at what the Cardinals gave Houston, for DeAndre, the Jets could have offered a much better package than that will. I think it was like a second and a fourth or, or like a second and a third, something like that. Well, the Jets could have gave a much better package than um, that, number one. Number two, the reason why I thought the Jets should have went wide receiver with the first round pick, Will, will the, the 49ers gave the Washington football team a fifth rounder for Trent Williams. A fifth rounder. The Jets had, what, uh, two-thirds or two-twos or, like, something? something. The Jets could have got Trent Williams for a bag of peanuts, well. And last but not least, when a young quarterback has a favorite person to throw to, you have to do everything to keep that player around. Well, there is no reason Robbie Anderson is not on this uh, football team. Sam uh, Donald, he's been injured a lot. But when he has been healthy, him and Robbie had something special. 
it was brief. It was really brief because Sam was hurt both of the years that he's been here. However, and I know Robbie had some off the field stuff. I understand that. But when they were on the field together, they made a lot of good plays. And Robbie, look, well, he went down his first game, 75-yard bomb. I think he caught like four passes for like 100 and something yards from Teddy Bridge Waterwell. Sam uh, uh, Donald, in my opinion, is a better uh, quarterback than uh, Bridge Waterwell. So to me, there is no reason why, for as much as Joe Douglas did for the O-line, that you couldn't give Sam people to throw the ball to, especially when great players were available for cheaper. To answer your point on the first-round draft pick right there with Mekhi Becton, okay, I still would have went Mekhi Becton no matter how you would have looked at it. And the numbers this week show that he had probably the best, the best rookie rating out of every rookie Right. In week one. Correct. So he, he was well. he, he played well in week one. Now, am I putting too much stock into one week? Maybe I am. But let's also look at it like this, too. You know, in the first round, how many wide receivers do you see in the first round? And the Jets could have taken that first receiver right off the board with either Ruggs or Judy or Jefferson, you know, but they went Becton. Fine. I, 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 would have taken Mackay Becton 10 out of 10 times. Any way you would have looked at it. You know, the guy is an absolute – when you're looking at the guy's tape, he's a stud. I get where you're coming from, Sean, that you need to have these wide receivers going in and you got to develop a little chemistry with the quarterback here and you get that, that favorite target and such. But when you need an offensive lineman, and when that offensive line was atrocious last year, Absolutely downright atrocious. And you got to see some of the highlights that this kid has made so far against Buffalo. Just absolutely pancaking defenders and such. I don't want to put too much stock in the one week, but it's looking good. And as far as, you know, Robbie Anderson goes, great. Great that Robbie's that Robbie caught that 75-yard bomb for a touchdown with Teddy Bridgewater being the quarterback. I mean, who would have thunk that, right? Who would have thunk that Jamal Adams would be would have a great game last week? Oh my God, he well, yeah. oh my God, you know he's well, he single-handedly beat the Falcons by himself. Right, twelve and, tackles. What I think, yeah, like two sacks or right. something. But, oh my but God! You know, but you know what though? It's it's the Jets. It's the Jets, and with uh, and I'm not trying to sit here and defend what's going on in the front office or anything like that. But from my standpoint and from the rationale that I've seen thus far, you know, Robbie Anderson was an undrafted player. Robbie Anderson was a guy that, you know, if you're going to have him command top money and such, you know, is he going to be that guy that be like, okay, I got paid and now you're going to shut it down, you know, for whatever reason it is, I got paid and I don't want to count people's pockets. I hate doing that. I really do. Because these guys work tooth and nail to get to where they are right now. Make no mistake about that. But when it comes down to a guy like Robbie, you know, if he's got a better opportunity to catch more balls and get better numbers with Matt Rule than under Adam Gase, let him go. Let him go. That's his decision at the end of the day. And 
you know, I'm not upset that the guy left, but if he was an undrafted free agent, he came in, he worked hard, he got himself the bag, he's gone. Now, whoever fills in is going to fill in. You know, it's the next man up mentality, but I, I don't know. I really don't know what else to say about Robbie, but as far as Mekhi Becton, again, it's the right pick. It's the right pick, no matter how you look at it, no matter how you, no matter how you slice it and dice it. Yeah, he uh, he played well. Uh, he played uh, uh, he played well. Well, it's it's just I guess where I'm where I'm coming from, and we'll end the Jets talk with this. Will is 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 that the skill position on the offensive side? Will it was glaring. It oh, was it glaring. Was. I'm, not, I'm not denying that. And but the offensive line need was much more glaring. And I feel well, well, right. And I feel like Joe did a great job, as we said on the last show with Greg Van, uh, um, uh, Rowan, and, and Connor McGovern, and Becton, and George Fent. But to see what the Cardinals got for Hopkins <laughs> when the Jets had way better draft uh, uh, capital world, I mean, that must sting. That must sting. But, Will, it's only one week. It's right. only one week. And, Will, next week's show, we could be talking about the Jets scored 35 points. And nobody cares that the Jets could have had Hopkins. So, I mean, we'll just pump the brakes. Well, one of you, I'll just pump the brakes there, Will. So, we shall <laughs> see. Will, you have on a blue shirt. So, let's go to the other team that plays in MetLife, or as it's you like to call it. It's not it's red, not white, red white, white, blue. Correct, correct, correct. But it is blue. Will. Um, yes. The Giants, well, they also lost week one last night, Monday night, to the Steelers 26 to 16. Well, well, the defense of the Steelers, 11 tackles for loss. 11. They were all over the field. The Giants' defense didn't play as bad, but eventually, when your offense struggles and you're on the field a whole lot, eventually you're going to struggle and you're going to have breakdowns and that's what took place well it was good it was also good to see big ben back as well that he looked good well joe judge he lost in his first game yes but i don't think the giants looked as bad as the final score says well what's your thoughts on big blue first off saquon barkley six yards on what 15 carries Dude. last night oh my that's God. horrible Fantasy dis fantasy disaster, bro. <laughs> everybody, everybody talks about the Jets being a bad team, you know. And I don't want to be talking badly about Saquon either because I think he's a stud, and I think him and Danny Jones can be that next dynamic duo in New York. Make no mistake about that. But six yards on fifteen carries, yikes! That's bad. Number one, number two. You mentioned it. The Pittsburgh defense was great yesterday. They had a couple of interceptions against Danny Dimes. Number three, a guy that you mentioned in the NFL preview show, TJ Watt, had himself a great interception in which you had him as your defensive yeah. player of the year, I and did. he wound up putting himself in the spotlight, making that play with his hands. Wow, what Super an cool. absolute play. And, you know, finally, Ben Roethlisberger, he played absolutely – he played good. But the receiving core around him – I mean, this is what the Steelers do each and every year. They go out, they find guys from the scrap heap or from the – not from the scrap heap, but from the, from the draft, and they have great scouting to go in there. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster went out and had himself a fucking night. You know, excuse my language. Uh, you know, the other kid that, go, that caught the touchdown, he was laying down like this. 
in front of the goal the goal cam. Uh, had himself another great game. You know, the tight end position, same thing. You know, they know what they're doing over there in Pittsburgh. They do. The Giants, on the other hand, and the fans, their fan base is probably, I hate to say it, because as a Jet fan, for me personally, it's just downright atrocious. When you get, when I get to see and hear guys like Mike Vivolo, who I love, love Mike, love license plate guy, you know, Joe Ruback, but, and all the other countless Giants fans that are out there. But through week one, you know, you, you're seeing all this hype and hoopla. For what? You know, the defense is just as horrible as what the offense looks like. The offensive line, you know, for the running game, it's not that good. And, yeah, it's only one game, but, you know, we both knew that that Pittsburgh was going to go in there in our picks and, and absolutely kill them, you know, kill the Giants. But, again, there's a lot of things that are going on that we don't necessarily know behind closed doors. And when push came to shove yesterday, the Steelers, they wound up taking it, and they found a way to win the game. That's the main thing. They found a way to win a game. Very, very true, Will. Will sold the Steelers to the side of the Giants. The Giants upcoming have the Bears as they go to Chicago and take on the Chicago Bears. And, uh, Will, what's your take on Giants and Bears week two? Wow. I mean, the Bears, they absolutely escaped Detroit with the, with the win, literally. Uh, goes who, – who is the running back? Uh, not best. The, uh, the kid from Ohio State, Dobbins, right? Dobbins, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, f- uh, f- for which team? Which- Swift. Was it Swift or uh, for, uh, for Detroit? Yeah, Swift, correct. Swift, yeah. It was Swift that had Swift. The, the catch in his oh hands my, and, and he just, dropped it. Oh, man. He, oh, yes. my goodness. You know, you talk, about, you talk about having the game literally right in your hands and you let that go through. The Bears and Mitchell Trubisky lifts up his confidence up a little bit. They go into Chicago back home, even though there's not going to be any fans there. Uh, you know, they got to be feeling pretty good about themselves after escaping uh, Detroit with a, with a W. And for the Giants, you know, Danny Jones, he's good. I'm not going to make a mistake about it. But he has to learn how to, A, throw the ball away when he's under pressure instead of trying to make that big play. And, B, you know, you look at – Daniel Jones, you're going to have to give the ball to Saquon no matter how you look at it. So, and which they did. They gave it to him 15 times yesterday for six yards. But to no avail, the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense is just – that was incredible last night. Now, the Bears, I don't know how the Bears' defense is, but I will say this. I expect the Giants to uh, make it a game. That's for sure. Definitely make it a game against Chicago. Well, the, yeah, like you said, the Bears escaped in week one against uh, Detroit. I think the Giants will play better. I think the Giants defense actually didn't play that bad uh, last night. Um, and the Bears, well, the Bears were down 23-6 to six at some point, And you were about to hear it, Nick Foles, Nick Foles, Nick Foles, and Trubisky, three fourth-quarter touchdowns, like you said, to save the day there. So I think it will be a closer game. I think the Giants will play better, and there won't be any – uh, fans there, so we shall see what happens there. 
Will, before we get into our picks for week number two, Will, did were there any team or two that surprised you in a good way during Arizona. week one? Arizona. Yeah. Going into San Francisco and just absolutely just finding a way to win a game against the four, the NFC champs. And Kyler Murray, you know, doing his thing, running the ball with his legs, going out there and finding a way to win the game for them. And number two, how about the Washington football team? How about them getting their first win of the season? And albeit it wasn't that pretty, but they wound up finding a way to beat Philadelphia. And we, I had Philadelphia as a division winner. Uh, even though it's one week, Washington, Dwayne Haskins, they look good. Their front seven, that Washington front seven with Chase Young and the other couple of first-round picks that they have, my God that could definitely be a big, big stepping stone right there for Ron Rivera. And you got to believe, you got to believe in these guys, you know, no matter how you look at it, you got to believe in these guys because this division can go any which way. You know, I, I firmly believe that. I think I said that in the, in the preview show, like all these teams are good. They raised their game up to the fullest, but my two surprises are definitely Washington and Arizona. Will, those are two solid picks. Um, Arizona, definitely. Washington, Will, the rest of that team is not that great. But that front seven can play against anybody. Will, Patrick Mahomes does not want to see yeah, that front seven because they could play with anybody. Will, I'm going to go with the different two teams. Will, you actually took one of those teams, Las Vegas. First ever game, Las Vegas Raiders, West Coast team coming east. And, Will, you make a very good point. There's no girls coming into rooms. There's no parties or, or no bars. It's football and football. And he went into Kara Reiner, uh, and they won that game. So, well, I'm going to go with Las uh, Vegas there. And, Will, my second team isn't a team. It's a player. I know he rubs people the wrong way, but and it's only one week, but I was happy for Cam Newton. I was happy for Cam Newton. Nobody knows how it's going to work for the rest of the year, but nobody wanted to sign this guy. And did he throw for, uh, throw for a bunch of yards? No. But one thing Cam always had was his legs, and he ran for two, for two scores. And even without Dante Hightower, the Patriots defense still looked good f- forcing – your boy will Ryan Fitzpatrick into not one, not two, but three picks. So it was good to see Cam there. Will any team or two that surprised you in a bad way that you were left like, what the hell was that? Dallas. Dallas. And, you know, we gave the Rams no shot against these guys. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. Dallas has all these offensive pieces in place. Now, it's only week one. I get it. We talked about it with the Jets and every other team, how they didn't have a preseason, how they didn't have any any sort of uh, competition outside of their own in these training camps. So, you know, I got I to gotta give it to Dallas here. And, you know, another team that kind of surprised me uh, in, in a sense, was the Browns. You know, the Browns, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about, I don't want to talk about Tom Brady. It's only a week with the Buccaneers. Everybody wants to jump on that bandwagon. 
But what about the Browns here for a second, Sean? You know, here's a team that you had winning in week one. And I'm not rubbing it in. I'm not. I'm just stating what's going on. You have all this media attention around OBJ with his fetish and everything like that. You have everything going on with Baker Mayfield. You have the new head coach that's trying to go in there and trying to make things work. And they only score six points. Now, albeit it's Baltimore. Baltimore is a top defensive unit. But, you know, and they feel like they have something, you know, like a chemistry going on. However, you know, for Cleveland, you know, with everything that they've had, that they added Austin Hooper, that they had these, you know, Kareem Hunt going over there and si- him signing a two-year extension at that point in time last going into uh, this weekend. Uh, there was a uh, there was another guy, too, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb going in, and you got Jarvis Landry. You have, you know, David Njoku going on IR at this point in time, or IL, whatever you want to call it. Cleveland is just an absolute train wreck right now at this point in time. Those are my two teams that disappointed well, me. Well, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland. Um, I mean, I know they're going up against uh, Baltimore, but still, that was not a pretty, pretty sight. Well, a team that surprised me, and well, you also took my team kind of sort of here was Philadelphia. Well, I have a lot of Eagles friends, and we know a resident Eagle fan of our yep. boy, uh, David G. Well, David Goldstein. Well, a lot of my Eagles friends are not fans of Carson Wentz. They actually miss Nick Foles. And wow. Carson Wentz, once wow. again, well, he had that good year. He got hurt, and he has not been the same since he has come back. Well, the first half looked pretty good. It looked like they were going to blow uh, Washington out. And Jesus, I mean, well, they got outscored in the second half, 27 zip. And the Eagles offense did not look good. And listen, you can't say guys were hurt. Everybody's hurt. Every team has a guy on IR and out for the season and so on and so forth. So Philly did not look good there, Will. So we shall see what happens there. Because, Will, if Philly doesn't look good, that, uh, that division's over. Dallas is going to cakewalk and win that East. Philly's the, the only competition that's really there. I'm not, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, a, any one of those four teams can win it. No, well, any one of those four. I think Dallas would cakewalk. Um, Washington, well, as of right now, Washington, Washington is the only team that I could see, but it's only one week. I understand. Well, forget, forget the one week. Forget the one week here. You got to yeah. look at coaching, okay? Joe Judge. Everybody's on the hype train with him because he's a Belichick disciple. Everything like that. People want to ride on Peterson because he won the Super Bowl. People want to ride on Mike McCarthy because of the fact with his Green Bay pedigree and because of the team that he inherited. We get that. I'm telling you, don't sleep on Ron Rivera. This guy has changed the franchise down in Carolina with the way how he with the way how he handled things. Again, situations are different, but I firmly believe in Ron Rivera. And look, listen, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, you know, any one of those four teams can win it. So that's just me. Well, and the last team that that really I was surprised was bad. Well, it's 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 not even a team; it's a fan base. Boo-hoo and thumbs down to the Kansas City Chiefs fan base when Houston and Kansas City locked arms and they were trying to show unity and everybody is right. together in this fight. 
to boo. We weren't even sure if we were going to have sports. Patrick Mahomes just signed for 12 years. And, and, uh, and well, uh, a newsflash to everybody. Patrick Mahomes is half black. You just booed your half black quarterback and the team he were and the team that he played whose quarterback is also black for standing up for something that involves blacks. That was not a, um, a good look. And Patrick Mahomes had something to say that, you know, he was not expecting that. His dad said that, you know, they were actually surprised at that, that, you know, that, that this should be something that everybody claps for. And, and well, I'm not going to make it a big deal, but Ryan Clark on ESPN said it the best. And this is the problem that this country has. Well, if they were locking arms for breast uh, cancer, clap up. If they were locking arms for feeding like the homeless or for schools, clapped up. Something to unify the world gets booed. And the difference is that involving the world, including blacks. Well, that is an excellent statement by Mr. Ryan Clark. So hopefully the Kansas City Chiefs fans get their act uh, together because that was not cool. And well, I'm not just saying 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 this because I'm black. A lot of white people did not like that um, as well. So that's my uh, uh, two cents on that one. All right. Well, so well, getting into the picks now. Well, um, well, I do apologize, sir. I did not get a chance to count who won week one, who won week two. Next week's show, I definitely will. That's I definitely fine. will. And we're going by recent history. I probably won week one anyway, Will. I'm just saying. Recent I'm just history. saying. Just over I'm just recent saying. history. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm over just recent saying. history. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the picks, pal. Starting on Thursday night, Will, your AFC North champion winning Cincinnati Bengals. They go on the road to take on the Cleveland Browns. Well, Thursday night, Browns, Bengals, who you got? Bengals. They're going to go in there. I feel like even though it's kind of a home opener, they're going to go into Cleveland's got that little mojo going after they had that bad taste in their mouth. Boy, when you're, when you're Cincinnati and you're losing on a missed field goal like that, you know, with, with the rookie quarterback playing great, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be fun to watch, but I think it's going to come down the wire. I think Cincinnati takes it. Well, the Browns have not lost on Thursday night in three years. I think they make it four. I think the Browns get back on track at home. So give me the Browns there. Will, fast forward to Sunday, the one o'clock games. Will, Giants at Chicago. Will, who you got? Going to go with the Giants here. I really like what I saw. You know, everybody's going to pile on the defense and stuff, rightfully so. The, the Giants' defense isn't that, you know, they played well up against Pittsburgh, but I feel as if, uh, you know, the Giants here, they, they're hungry. I feel as if Saquon Barkley's going to have himself a game to remember against the uh, Chicago Bears. And, you know, make no mistake about it, Danny, Danny Dimes is going to do Danny Dimes things, you know, thus far. So give me the Giants on the road. Well, this is a toss-up game, but give me the Bears uh, at, um, at home. I think, I think they're going to ride the fourth-quarter comeback 
momentum, and I think they're going to get the uh, uh, job done at home, though, so give me the Bears. Well, a very interesting game. The Rams come east to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Rams, Eagles, who you got? I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I, you know, like I said before, now that these West Coast teams are coming uh, east and there's nothing really open, nothing really to do, you're going to have a lot of – I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think. But I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I think the Eagles have something to prove, and they, they got a, a, like the like the Browns did – they have a bad taste in their mouth, and I think that the uh, the Eagles get it done at home. Well, as much as I want to pick them, well, the Eagles didn't look too good, and I think the Rams are going to do just enough to get it to get it done. I think the Rams fly east, and then when they fly back west, I think they'll be two and zero. Give me the Rams on the road. Well, another interesting game, battle of 0-1 teams, the Falcons at the Cowboys. Well, who you got? Give me the Cowboys, short and sweet. Give me the Cowboys. Well, I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. Well, Russell Wilson went 31 for 35, almost 400 yards and four scores. That Atlanta secondary is basura. <laughs> it is not good at all. Mm-hmm. So give me the Cowboys at home with Zeke and Lamb and Gallup and obviously – Mr. Uh, Cooper. Well, moving on to the Panthers at the Buccaneers. Well, we didn't even talk about the Bucks losing week one against the Saints. They opened up their home slate against the Panthers. Another battle of 0-1 team, 0-1 teams. Well, Panthers, Bucks, well, big up. I go with the Bucks. Did they get their first win of the year? Uh, you know, for Carolina, they were right in that game against Las Vegas. And, you know, they just couldn't they couldn't come through, and they were right there. So I think Tom Brady uh, and that defense of Todd Bowles takes care of some, some things. So give me the Buccaneers. Well, I'm going to take the Bucs as well. That Panthers uh, – well, the Panthers are going to have a lot of 34-30 games as they had in week one. Offensively, they're going to score a lot of points. But their defense is so young, they're going to give up a lot of points and I think Tom Brady takes advantage of that. Give me the Bucks at home. Well, the 49ers come east to take on your J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Niners, Jets, well, who you got? Going to get this one short and sweet, the Niners. Going to take the Niners here. Well, Makai Becton in his first game has to go up against Jerry Hughes of the Bills. Makai Becton in his second game has to go up against, against Nick Bo- uh, Bo- Bosa, who you had winning defensive player of the year. What a rough, <laughs> what a rough way to start your career. Well, I know we already picked the Giants and the Bears game, but well, Andrew uh, Thomas, the same thing in week one. Just, just um, uh, TJ Watt in week two, Khalil Mack. What a rough way to begin the uh, career there, Will. But Will, I'll also keep it short and sweet. I'll go with the with uh, San Fran as well. Well, the Broncos, who lost to my Titans last night on Monday night, they take on Pittsburgh, Will. They, another West Coast team coming east, Will. Broncos, Pittsburgh, who you got? I go Pittsburgh here, short and sweet on that one. Well, I'll also keep it short and sweet. I got Pittsburgh as well. Will, maybe the surprise of week one, Will, the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, That's they right. beat the Colts. Gardner threw for three scores. Phillip 
uh, Rivers did not look good. Well, the Jaguars are at my Tennessee Titans battle of one and O teams. Well, Jaguars, Titans, well, who you got? Short and sweet. Going to go with your team, the Titans. Tighten up. Well, I think we get it done as well, even though the short week having to fly back east from going west, I think the Titans have enough in the tank to get the job done there. Well, the Lions at probably the play that played that played the well, that 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 played well the most in week one. Well, Aaron Rodgers will he will he turned back the clock. He looked like the 30, 31 a year old Aaron uh, Rodgers. Rodgers, right? Lions and Packers will who you got? Tough, 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 tough to pick because. You know, it's not that tough. Going to go Aaron Rodgers here in company. Give me the Packers. Well, I made the mistake of not starting Aaron uh, Rodgers in fantasy, and I paid for it losing my week will. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers as well. Well, the Bills are at the Miami uh, uh, the, the Dolphins. Well, Bills and Dolphins, who you got? Upset special week, Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins. Well, that's actually not a bad pick of the Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins always play the AFC East opponents great, great at home. They can't beat them on the road, but right. they always play them great at home. Well, but well, I think the Bills are going to ride the momentum of beating the Jets, and I think they're going to get the job done. So give me the Bills there. Well, the Vikings at the Colts, probably two of the teams that look the worst in week one, though. Vikings at Colts. Who you got? Vikings, short and sweet. Give me the Vikings. Well, give me the Colts here. Um, I, I don't like how the Vikings looked at all on both sides of the ball in week one. I think the Colts at home get the job done. Will the Washington football team 1-0 travel to Arizona to take on the 1-0 Arizona Cardinals? Will Washington, Arizona, who you got? Arizona, short and sweet. I think that Kyle Murray and company, I think they wake up. I think they find a way after winning a comfort-behind game against the 49ers. They're riding that momentum. Give me the, give me the Cardinals at home. Well, upset special. Give me the Washington football team to start off 2-0. They have that front seven to keep Kyler Murray at bay. And I think offensively, Dwayne Haskins is, is going to do some things to put up some points. Give me Washington on the road. Well, to get into the 4 o'clock games, Will, Baltimore at Houston, Ravens and Texas. Well, who you got? Give me the Ravens. Give me the Ravens short and sweet on that one, too. Yeah, well, I'm going to go uh, with the Ravens as well. Well, they look dominant in week one against the Browns. Give me the Ravens there. Well, battle of one and old teams, the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Los Angeles Chargers as the Chargers get their turn to open up SoFi. A stadium will the Chiefs at the Chargers one and all teams will who you got Chiefs on the road very simple Chiefs well give me the Chiefs there too well there is no way in hell Tyrod Taylor is is outscoring Patrick Mahomes there's just no way in hell so give me the Chiefs there well Sunday night probably the game of the week one and oh New England at one and oh Seattle East Coast team going west this time, Will. Patriots, Seahawks, who you got? Seattle, I think Jamal Adams is going to absolutely have a great game like he did against Atlanta. 
And I think Jamal Adams has not one, but two sacks against Cam Newton. Will not only giving you a team pick, he's giving you a player prediction. That's why you guys love listening to On The Board Sports. Will, I'm going to agree with you. Well, I picked Russell Wilson to an MVP. That means that the Seahawks got to win a whole bunch of games, right? So I think they get off to a 2-0 start. Give me the Seahawks at home. Will, last but not least, Monday night, week from tomorrow, sorry, week from yesterday, Will, the Saints travel to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders, opening up Allegiant Stadium on the Las Vegas Strip. Well, not on the Strip, but it's I'm far from it. Yeah, it's <laughs> off the Strip, right. Will, Saints and Raiders, Monday night, who you got? No Michael Thomas here for this one. He's going to be out for at least three weeks. Uh, I know that offense is high octane, but with that said, I think the, the Vegas Raiders, got to get used to saying that, I think they go, they come out with a win. Give me the Raiders at home. Well, the Saints put up 34 points. Michael Thomas did not score. That's how, now, now I know seven of those 34 points was a pick six, but that sucks short-term hire from Michael Thomas. Well, I agree with you. I think Vegas is going to start off with two and no. I think they're going to get the job done there. So will give me the Las Vegas Raiders as well. Will, before we end the show with some hockey talk, Will, I, I just want to end the football talk with a quick discussion because I think me and you are going to agree on, on this, Will. Our, our, well, no, sorry. A friend of the show, someone that me and Will had on during quarantine, Jake Nazman, Will, he put a tweet up and the tweet went, viral world, as he said, and I quote, MetLife is the biggest waste of $1.6 billion of cash, Will. And he said that after seeing how nice SoFi a Stadium is and Allegiant Stadium is and all these other stadiums that have gone up pretty recently for Minnesota and San Fran, so on and so forth. Will, Obviously, you're a fan of the Jets. You've been to MetLife plenty of times. I've only been there twice, but you've been there plenty of times. Will, is Jake Asman dead wrong, or is he dead right? He's dead right. MetLife Stadium is the biggest waste of $1 billion that there is. And for the Jets, I can't wait for 2025 to come around, because when 2025 does come around, that means one thing and one thing only. There's an opt-out for the Jets to and the Giants to go out and lead now. They're not going to, I don't think. But I think the Jets can and the Giants won't because of how close their practice facility is. But if the Jets do actually entertain the idea, now four years is a long time away, but it's also coming very, very close. So I personally think that they're going to opt out. And you might be looking at a new stadium coming in the five boroughs, preferably probably in Queens. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all with everything that's going on. Now, with what Mr. Asman said, kudos to him for actually saying it because he's, like I said, he's dead on right about it. Uh, MetLife Stadium is a piece of shit. It is. I mean, if you think about it, if you spend a billion dollars on a, on a football stadium, right, wouldn't there be a, a, a dome over it? Uh, you know, wouldn't there be like some sort of, you know, 
all these like LED lights that are going across the, you know, the bottom tier or having luxury boxes in there. And I've, I've been in the back. I've been inside of MetLife. I was inside the jet locker room. The jet locker room is big. That jet locker room is huge. The, you know, all the hallways and stuff, they're big. But, you know, it's not like Giant Stadium how it was back in the day, you know, when Giant Stadium was still up. Um, I also know for a fact that, you know, you look at Lincoln Financial Field, you look at, uh, you know, Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium. That place is absolutely ginormous. And that place, that place is absolutely beautiful. Now, you know, how can you spend $1.7 billion and, you know, you could you have all these people that can't get out and such. It's, it, I'm not a fan of it. You know, I think it's the biggest piece of shit in, in all pro sports, you know, Probably, and I don't want to let my Islander bias come out here, but I think MSG is just as overrated of an arena as as MetLife Stadium is. So I'll even throw in Yankee Stadium in there as well. Well, I was about to say, you stole my uh, uh, Thunder World. Well, the New York teams have, in the past 10, 15 years, almost every team has had either their arena be renovated or they have something brand new and will i think each team missed the mark the yankees missed the mark the mets without a doubt missed the mark with sure about that? i think i, I think am. they listen it was way better than shade though it's better than shade but will when you will when you walk in to yankee stadium you know you're in the home of the new york yankees 20-something time world champions. 20, 27. 27. You just feel it in the air. Well, when you walk into, sorry, when you walk into the city field, I feel like I'm going on a picnic. I swear to God, <laughs> that's how uh, I feel. I don't feel like I'm in the home of the Mets, the two-time world, uh, uh, world Series of Champs. I don't feel like I'm in Queens. I feel like I'm in a park. <laughs> like well, that's that, how I honestly feel. The city field was a distraction. That's all it is. It's just a distraction for families to go out there past it, past the, you know, center field. Okay, you know, from the amenities part of it, absolutely. But from the noise and the acoustics part of it, again, you know, I thought that Shea was louder, but way louder. Who knows? Way, who knows? way louder. Who knows? And but, and and. And the green seats and 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 I I understand they 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 just missed the mark. Well, I agree with you. MSG overrated, overrated, I, overpriced. I, I the agree. the whole nine yards. Barclays for basketball. Lower level is very good. The higher level is terrible because it feels like you're about to fall over. So they definitely missed the mark with that. And 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 also it's just small. It's just it's just small. <laughs> it's, it's, cramped. Just really it's cramped in. It's very, very cramped. So, Will, fingers crossed, and this leads me to the team that we're going to end the show with. God, please let USB Arena <laughs> end the curse of the New York team's homes being god-awful. <laughs> Will, 
Let's end the show with this foul. Islanders tonight, game five. They're down 3-1. The data stars clinched last night beating the beating the Vegas Golden Knights. Will I don't think anybody have had the stars going no. to the Stanley Cup, especially when they just fired their coach last year during the year before everything stopped. Will they fired their coach? And now they find themselves in the Stanley Cup. But, Will, enough about them. Game five tonight, Tampa Bay, our New York Islanders, Will. What, Will, tell me what do the Islanders have to do tonight to bring it to a game six? It's, it's so – every fan keeps on talking about it. Every analyst keeps on talking about it. And we're going to keep on beating this dead horse until – until infinity at this point in time. If you're the Islanders tonight, you have to show desperation. You have to show that your battle level is going to match Tampa Bay's at that point in time. We know that Tampa Bay came out desperate, fighting, ready to go out. But, you know, they weren't the team that was down 3-1, but yet they didn't want that series to go 2-2. And then you have that game five where anything can happen in game five. And then once game six rolls around, if the Islanders would have won game four, you know, anything could happen in, in that point in time. Now, right now, with everything that's gone on with this, with this team, you know, if you're the Islanders tonight, you have to show, like I said, number one, battle level has to be high within the first five minutes. Show, show that you care. Show that you want to still be in this bubble and don't go out without a fight. Don't let Tampa Bay score the first goal and like they always do so far this playoff and like against Philly or what, what have you in that second round, you cannot, and I mean this, you cannot go down against Tampa Bay, one nothing. You cannot let them score the first goal. That's first and foremost. Secondly, secondly, it's another easier said than done thing. Shoot pucks on net. There are clogged lanes everywhere. I get that they're trying to get, the pucks on net and such. They're trying to look for the perfect pass, trying to get the the puck into the net. The puck moves faster than the human eye. I understand that totally. But, you know, with everything that's gone on, the Tampa Bay Lightning have found a way to neutralize and ground the Islanders' offense. Nobody's talking and nobody's giving the Tampa Bay defense enough credit for actually neutralizing this five-on-five offense. And... You know, with that said, the Islanders, they cannot develop any zone time in Tampa's offensive zone. They cannot. It's always puck puck goes in, cycles back out. Puck goes in, cycles back out. You only get like maybe five minutes of good quality zone time in, in the game, and that's it. Maybe I'm being nice here, 10 at that point in time. Okay, so there's that. And number three, if you get a power play opportunity, if you're the Islanders, I, I, I know, I know. Every Islander fan doesn't want to hear this listening in. But just throw the puck on the net. Anything is possible, guys. Stop looking for the perfect pass. If, there's, if the lanes are blocked, just shoot it. You know, I know they're going to look for the perfect pass tonight. I know guys like Josh Bailey, high IQ players, like to go out there. They like to get their guys involved and such, and rightfully so. That's what made Josh Bailey a great, great fan favorite for this team. But just 
shoot the pucks on net on the power play. It's very simple. And, you know, don't rely on Matthew Barzell. I think we're going to see a couple line changes here tonight. And another thing too, you know, the physicality of the series is taking its toll. So you're going to see a lot of uh, pinching. You're going to see a lot of uh, checking. You're going to see a lot of guys going into the boards tonight. uh, If you're Tampa Bay and, you know, they've been finding a way to make the Islanders look silly. So two words I got to leave you with this, Sean, always believe. Well, definitely always, always have to believe. Well, well, for them to win tonight, well, to me, it's as simple as this. Do the Islanders have superstars? No. But the stars that they have have to be stars tonight. Barzell has to be a star tonight. Anders Lee got to be a star tonight. Josh Beatty got to be a star uh, tonight. Pulak has to be a star tonight. Pelik they has they to neutralized be a star him. Tonight. They neutralized Pulak. And Pelik is a defensive first player. So if he gets that puck in that offensive zone, you better expect him to take it. To take that shot, Pelic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely. Andy Green, who's had a hell of a run, he has to come up um, a big. Cal Everybody. Clutterbuck, the, well, to me, the best name in sports. Cal Clutterbuck. Well, everybody has to step up big. But, well, I agree with you because, remember, we spoke about it. Last, no, no. Um, We spoke about it on Instagram Live after game four. Right. The pressure is on Tampa Bay to close more than it's on the Islanders to go to game six. So what I agree with you, you cannot let Tampa Bay get comfortable because with the one goal lead, they're going to be like, okay, we're up one, now let's get two, now let's get three. You want to keep it on their heels, keep it on their heels, keep it on their heels. So, well, I, I agree with you. If we go up one zip, two zip, is the game over? Obviously not, but I'll feel better if we're down one zip, two zip, because then we'll Tampa Bay, they're going to smell blood and they're going to go in for the kill. And they have a litany of guys that could put the puck in the back of the net just like that, Will. So, well, hopefully we shall see. Well, hopefully by the time we do our next show, there it's either game six or game seven. But we'll, like you said, always believe in this team. Well, one thing does make me sad, and this is my final word, then I'll give you the uh, a final word, pal. If we do lose tonight, and this is it, I'm sad at the players that this may be their final game. Because Lou just won the GM award, GM of the year, and he's always going to look for ways to, to improve the team. And well, I just have an airy feeling somebody's going to either not be brought back or somebody's going to be traded that we love. I don't know who that guy is. We, we don't know. But if we lose tonight, the possibility that one of our favorites may not be back with the team kind of makes me sad. But let's hope that tonight isn't the end. Well, I, I'll leave the final word to you, Bob. I'll say this. Five years ago, when Ledecky and Malkin bought this franchise, they were going into the final year at Nassau Coliseum. You know, uh, they went seven games with the Washington Capitals and they lost in the first round. They moved to Brooklyn. You know, they had Capuano there as coach for both those years. They beat Florida in the first round. They lost to Tampa in the second. The following year, they missed the playoffs by a point after starting off cold. The following year after that, 2017-18, they started off hot. 
and you know everything's swirling around with Belmont what's going on over here the Coliseum half season such and that certain number 91 that we're not going to mention who you refer refer to him as my boy your boy we're not we're not going to mention his name he had himself a career year they wound up shit in the bed not making it to the playoffs they go in into that offseason Ledecky and Malkin hire Lou Lamarillo. Lamarillo hires Barry Trotz two weeks later as their head coach. A week later after that, John Tavares, I know I said his name, walks away, goes back home to Toronto. Nobody gave this team a shot in the season. We didn't give them a shot. Sean, me and you did not give them a shot. Right. And, and the, we, the best case scenario was an eight seed. And then they wound up going over the 100-point marker during the regular season. Oh, yes, they wound up going back to Nassau Coliseum for half a season and in, in an odd, odd way of, of seeing things, okay? The playoffs come. Nobody gave them a shot against Pittsburgh. Everybody had Pittsburgh either in a sweep or in six games. The Islanders wound up sweeping them in four. Now they lost up against the second round, fine. Minor changes happen. Broussard comes in. You know, small, smaller guys like that come into play, come into the fold. Fair, fair. Go on a 17-game point streak. And nobody gave them a shot at the beginning of the season. Nobody. Flash forward to March. They're cold. COVID happens. The pandemic happens. Nobody gave them a shot. Qualifiers come around. Nobody gave them a shot against Florida. Everybody had Florida. And they wound up beating Florida in four. Onward to Washington. Play up against Washington. Nobody gave them a shot against Washington. They easily took care of Washington in five games. Play Philadelphia, the best team in the bubble at that point in time, with the number one seed. Nobody gave them a shot against Philly. They beat Philly in seven. Should have been five. Should have been six. Should have been five. Should have been five, but whatever. It is what it is. Nobody gave them a shot. They won in seven, and they dominated them in seven games. And I think Philly's going to have a bright future ahead of them with Carter Hart as their goalie. Now, flash forward to this series. They go in game one. They lose out 8-2. We both said it, that they look lethargic. They look tired. That's a wash game. Game two could have been what could have been tied. Series could have been tied. Could have been an overtime. We don't know what could have happened. Maybe 2-2. Who knows? They score on the final play. They score in the final seconds. Tampa Bay does. Flash forward to game three. They win game three. Flash forward to game four. You know, they're up one nothing. If those two miscues in 20 seconds doesn't happen, Sean, we could be looking at a 3-1 series lead for the Isles or two up series lead. The point that I make here is after throwing out everything is that this team in the past five years alone has faced so much adversity, so much, and nobody has given them a chance in hell to go out there and succeed. And tonight, it's the same thing. Many fans in this fan base have given up. And I understand why, because of the years of frustration that this team has put their fans through, understandably so. 
but you have Lamarillo in, you have Barry Trotz in, you know, this isn't your same old typical Islanders that we grew up knowing and, and loving at that point in time. No, much different. And with that said, Sean, you know, no matter how you look at it, win, lose, or draw, always believe, no matter what. Always believe. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the haters because they don't know. And if you have that optimistic sense of what's going on and what's going to happen, you're going to be fine as a fan. But if you go down that road like, oh, I've seen this story before too many times. But I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I hate being that guy saying it, but just, you know, just have a little bit of faith tonight. And if they, if they don't show up, they had a great year. Nobody, nobody had this team going to the Eastern Conference Finals. And in March, nothing, nothing was certain. And the The playoffs weren't a thing. The Rangers almost passed us. <laughs> That's right. The Rangers were on our heels, coming like a coming like a team possessed. Well, so well, very very well said there, pal. And we shall see what happens in Game Five tonight. Well, before we go, any final thoughts, pal? No, no final thoughts here. Just you know, always believe, keep the faith with any team that you root for, and just you know. Good times don't last, but bad times don't last. Everything's temporary. Uh, you know, just, yeah, no matter what franchise you're rooting for, whether it be me being a Jet fan, whether it be the Isles, enjoy everything now. That's all I got to say about that. Enjoy all this stuff now. That's my final thought. Well, my final thought, shout out to my Tennessee Titans getting a huge win on Monday night last <laughs> night. A huge win. They have me shitting bricks because Steven Guskowski wants to miss three field goals and an extra point, but he made the game winning uh, the field goal. So shout out to my Titans there as well. And um, yeah, well, that's about it, pal. So we'll see what happens with the Jets, with the Giants, and with the Islanders. So for my co-host, Woody Chuchi, a.k.a. Rossi, I'm your host, Shawnee on the mic, a.k.a. Sean Thomas, for On the Board Sports. We miss you all. We love you all. Peace out.